Let me pray. Lord, this morning, God, it's been a great morning. I pray that right now as we get to worship you through the opening of your word, through the proclamation to our hearts, Lord, that we would this morning, Lord, surrender to you. That you would sit on the throne of our life. And God, that we would, Lord, would fall on the hearts and the lives of your people. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus. Looking through 1 Samuel, uh, as we're doing as a church, by the way, just as a reminder, I pray that you'll take this this uh, little card here, it's a daily scripture reading that you would book of First Samuel. And, uh, uh, I want to thank um, Dave Calger and last week Stefan uh, who have been walking through this with us. Uh, this, so this morning if you have a copy of God's word, turn to First Samuel chapter 8. First Samuel chapter, you ever heard that? Why, why should you be careful what you ask for? Not only would you, might you get it, but you might get it in a way that you really want consequence. The unintended consequence. There's a story in English, and I, I'm of it. Yeah. The monkey paw. Anybody ever read The Monkey Paw? You liar. You're out, Calvin. The monkey. He's over there. Sorry. It's a story of a man who finds this mag- magical monkey paw will give that man uh, three choices of which he can choose to ask for or something. He got it, but things went terribly wrong. For instance, off his mortgage, which all of us would go, dude, I I love that. I would take that, right? The problem is his mortgage, the very next day, his son goes to work, and his son dies at work. His money, and it equaled the amount that he needed to pay off, intended consequence that oftentimes we don't even think about. This morning, his vision of Israel had had the chance to read the monkey paw. If only they really knew. As we get ready to look at 1 Samuel, some people might say, the Testament, man, it doesn't, it's not really necessarily all that applicable to me in my life and in today's culture and the society in which we're in. Why is it that we're going to walk through? Flip to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul writes, you don't have to turn there. I got it up on the screen. I don't know. It's this. He says, now these things happen to them, speaking of Israel, speaking of the Old Testament. For our instruction on whom the end of the age has come. Through these things, it's for our benefit. It's for our instruction that we can learn from their mistakes. Oh, if only Israel knew. Mistakes matter. Mistakes matter. Think of what would happen in our world today if we decided to settle for 99% accuracy Verse good, man. Yeah, but 99% accuracy is not 100% accurate. Not 100% correct. And if we settled for 99% accuracy, strong prescription drugs every year. Luke, it's only 200,000. If we were only 99% accurate in our mail system, did you know that every day? That's 11.9 million of mail in a month. That's 620.5 million percent accurate or correct in our mail department. You see the force and learn and to adjust our lives accordingly to live through 1 Samuel chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, here we go. He made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn judges in Beersheba. 
Yet his sons did not walk in his way, perverted justice. It's important to note a couple of things here this morning as we, 1 Samuel chapter 7, the last verse, and 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1, there's a period, chapter 8, just so you understand. It's also important to point out a couple of things else. Well, Samuel, we know that he's doing what God's called him to do, but what about his sons? Morning. Come on, come on, help me, all right? <laughs> Following the Lord's ways, it's interesting to note when you go back to the book of Judges, all of a sudden we come to 1 Samuel chapter 8, and it's no longer that God is, Samuel is appointing his own sons as judges. But here's the part, doing it their way rather than God's way, that's a sign that, re, that things, like, hey listen, God's always kind of done it this way, and God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. on it, and the way that God really set up, you're just doing it your own way. Hey listen church, that's a sign. Verse 4, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like transitions. One of the first great transitions. You see, up until this point in him, do you know? It's a what? It's a theocracy. What's a, Up until this point in Israel's history, they have had this theocracy. They were governed to change. In fact, they begin to change rather quickly all of the sudden. Up there in age, and, and, and everybody knows your sons well. There's, your sons, they're, they're not up to par. They, they can be bought. And so we really can't trust them, Samuel. And so here, here's what we want, Samuel. We want you to give us a king. We want you to give us a king now. Them like, well, why, why is it that you want a king? Why is it that you're six? But the things displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. Why they wanted a king you know why they wanted a king? They wanted a king to be like all the other nations. Just like everyone else had their own king. Samuel had to have been good. Don't they know that you're supposed to be their governing ruler? Why is it that they want this king? You're supposed to be sanctified. Don't they know that they are a holy chosen nation? Chapter 7, verse 6. It says, for you are to be a people from his treasured possession, out of all the peoples who are real specifically. And now all of a sudden they want to go from a governing God to look around at all the other nations. They've got their own king. They get to do things the way that they want to do things. You're supposed to be different. You're my people, chosen. Chapter 7, but look at Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. It says, you shall be and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. And they should be sanctified and set apart. And now they want to be just like every other nation. That's why that God has promised them. God has always given them directives. Hey, listen, wipe everything out. You're supposed to be like them. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be my chosen, those nations. And yet the nation of Israel, hey, isn't it interesting doesn't that parallel your life and my life? That typically sits on the throne of your life. You see, I want to have a say in how life. And hear me, that's been the problem since just after the beginning of eight or your little tab. And, and go with me real quickly to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14. We see this problem that starts. What was the problem? 
Well, Lucifer said he wanted to be like who? Isaiah chapter 14, starting in verse 12. Listen. How you you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mountain of the assembly. In the I will make myself like the most high. You see, it started ruler of all. But listen, it didn't stop there. Satan then passed that on. That very story, Genesis chapter 3, right? The serpent of, uh, appears and he, he comes up to, right? And it goes from there. Adam and Eve, they wanted to be just like God. To be able to know right from wrong, they wanted to be just like God. And listen, it's the same with us. If we're honest, man of our church, man, a, a great men's retreat, I guess actually two weekends ago now, but you surrender the authority of your life over to the Lord. It's interesting when you study the, the meaning or the name of Israel. Do you guys remember all Israel? Jacob. Jacob, he begins to wrestle with God, deceiver, right? And so all of a sudden, this deceiver, this heel grabber, has this incredible with God. And as he's wrestling with God and he won't let God go, God changes. The idea is, is that the name of Israel means governed by God. He was willing to stop trying to be in control and allow God to rule his life. Understand. God calls Jacob, and other people called Jacob, Jacob, well after. Any time that Jacob is called Jacob, do you know what it's referring to after Genesis? It's referring to his, uh, his earthly desires, his pain. It's when it's being referred to by being ruled by God, by being holy as God. So Luke, what's your point? Remember, these things were written. Understand, Israel, for their whole Time has been a theocracy. There's this massive uproar, and the people are saying, Hey, listen, we don't want a king. And how many times does that play out in our daily lives? Who sits on the throne of your life? The book of Judges. One did. Everyone did as they saw fit. That everyone looks after their own interests. Here's why. Listen to me. It's the them on their life, on the throne of their life. That's the default. That's what we always go back to, putting God in his rightful position. It's a credible reminder to stop being governed by God and to start being governed by ourselves. That's our inclination. Many of us are just guided by our hearts. Like, if I think it's a good idea, I should, I should do it. My heart says it's a great idea, so... Well, I'm being serious. She said, my tells me it's true. That's good enough for me. Do you know what the problem? The problem is that your heart is wicked and deceitful. That you, but it feels so good. And of course it would be, come on. Listen, the fault is to go back. It's to reset back to our own way of doing, our own asking for. There's a journalist by the name of Eric Gillen. He didn't, this is a true thing. The high priest of the church of Satan, his name is Peter Gilman, is that life should be lived in the pursuit of pleasure. And we only, man, 
The pursuit of pleasure. Well, I need to work more so that I can have more money because I want a nice car. I want night of the week. I want to be able to go on my vacations. I, I want air conditioning. Listen, air conditioning is a great thing. I, all we care about is that we've got our luxuries and that we've got our comforts, right? And so, man, that declared America a satanic nation. Here's why. Independence from God. I don't need God to govern my life. Hey, church. Are you governed by God or are you governing by your own feelings? And desperately wicked or desperately sick, who can understand? Verse 26, it says this, whoever trusts in his own mind is a Romans chapter 8, verse 7. For the mind that is set does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Hey, who's sitting on the throne of being that I'm not sure they're ready for? Are we learning from what, verse 6, sorry, it says this. But the things displeased judge us, and Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king. Over. It's not about you, Samuel. It's about me. These people have rejected. God tells Samuel to obey them. Look at verse 9. Now then obey them in the ways of the king who shall reign over them. In other words, God says, hey, well, what you ask for. You see, God's a good father, and he loves you and me. They're choosing. They don't want me to govern them in their life anymore? Okay, what do they want? They want a king? Say upon you. God gives you the option to choose. That's why Joshua told this very same nice. But it's up to you who you're going to decide to choose to serve. Who are you going to allow to be Lord of your life? And then Samuel gives this incredible warning to the nation of Israel. He says, you want to do it your way? You want to govern yourself? Okay, no problem. And he spells out this warning from chapter 8, starting in verse 10, all the way through 18. And as we read this, here's what I would like you to do. I would like to point out to you and I would like you to pay special attention to the word take in chapter 8, verses 10 through 18. So here we go. So Samuel, starting in verse 10, Samuel told them all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and thousands, and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground, and to reap his harvest. And he will take your daughters to be perform, uh, perfumers, uh, performers, bankers. He will take the best of your fields, and vineyards, and olive orchards, and of your vineyards, and give it to his officers, and to his servants. He will take your maids, and put them to his work, he will take the tenth of your flocks and out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord said, did you hear the warning? Like if you heard that and you're any average person, rather than having God govern my life, here's the warning, here's the consequences. He's pretty much taking everything. Think about government for a second. Think about it. Take average taxpayer would work from January 1st to 8th to pay the government in local, state, $3.3 trillion in federal taxes in 2015, or did pay. 
bill of more than 4.8 trillion or 31% of the nation's instances, the unintended consequences of your choice he will take thousands of years ago. He will take verses 19 and 20. After choose their king, this is Israel's response. But the people refused to obey. But there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all out before us and fight our battles. What is it that they want? They want the other nations. They want a king who's going to ride out for them and fight their battles. If they were in whom's they were. Luke, why do you say that? Look at Deuteronomy. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you. Israel had forgotten the incredible things that God had done. They wanted to be just like. There's a story, a true story, of Dr. William Evans. He was the Hollywood and said, Daddy, I want a new pair of roller skates, but I would like them to have. Evans looked at his little daughter and said, Don't you already have a pair of skates? Yes, skates with the ball bearing wheels. Dr. Evans was in the ministry, obviously a path to do. We don't have money for new skates with ball-bearing wheels. That night, before he went to bed, he sat down at the dinner table and there at skates with ball-bearing wheels. He ate his dinner, got up, went to bed on his with ball-bearing wheels. Do you know what Dr. Evans did? He did what most of us would Those skates, those brand new skates with ball-bearing wheels. Gave him to his daughter. Joy, put her arms around his neck. Oh, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy, for those news. And she put on those skates because they were brand new. And that very day that she got those skates, and those new skates she was not ready for. As she was skating, she lost control. That night she died at the hospital. Listen to what he said. Since that day, when I want something from God... And it seems out. I keep asking. The Spirit of God reminds me. Are you asking? To Israel. It's the principle that's work at work in all of our lives. When we want some. The nation of Israel. They've heard the warning. And they don't care. They'll be careful what you ask for. Oh, I don't have time. Real quickly. Well, he repeated them to the ears of the Lord. Does that bother you? Did God need to be reminded? Did God what we should do? He's going to the Lord for direction. He's seeking out. Hey, God, what is it? To Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel said to the men of Israel, is going to follow the command that the Lord gives him and give the nation of Israel, give you the man that you want first. Look at verses 1 of chapter 9. There was a man of Zero, uh, son of Berkroth, son of Aphia, a Benjamin, handsome young man, there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he people. By the way, the word Saul or the name Saul means requested one. Interesting, a professor of psychology at Princeton in 2012 did a study on uh, when people vying for the same job and there's a vote that will be cast. Did you know that the taller, if they have uh, a good head of hair, that helps? And so I began to think to myself, well, 80% of the time, the man that's taller wins. Here's why. That's the heart. We don't have time to read it, but First Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 7, Samuel, he wants to pick one, and God says, Samuel, listen, don't consider his height or his appearance, but God looks at the heart. 
It's been said that in the HR world, the average is of seeing a candidate. They don't take time to hear the person's heart. They've judged them on time's sake. We've got to keep going. Look at verses 3 through 6. Now, this, now the donkeys of Kin with you and rise and go and look for donkeys. And he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalem, but they were not there. They, then they passed through the land of Ben to a servant whom was with him. Come, let us go back, lest my father cease to care about the man of God in the city. And he is a man who is held in honor. All that he says come true. Sitting in this situation, Saul's looking for donkeys. And if I'm like Saul, I'm probably upset. Why is it that I got to be the guy that goes out and finds the donkeys? Who is it that left the gate open? It was probably one of my kids. Why? Do you know what's happening? In the midst of that circumstance, in the midst of that situation, God is a king. Did you catch that? He's looking for donkeys, but he's headed so that he and Samuel would meet up and interact and find out each other. And, and, through. and I don't know what circumstances you're facing. I don't know what trials you're going through, but let me tell you something. It's either leading you closer to the Lord or it's leading you further from the Lord. No matter who, further away from the Lord. You might think, dude, I've got to find some donkeys. Think about that. Oh, I don't have time. Real quickly, Kaywick, go with You've got to be a bond servant. The Lord's got to be on your throne. The Greek word for a bond servant is doulos. His master said, hey, listen, you're, you're free. Your debt's paid in full. That, that that servant would look at his master, an owl in my uh, ear, and, and, and I will be, uh, did I say owl? Awe. And, and, and you, listen, are now to me. You are, I am, I am your servant. And so, number one, the Lord's got to be, how, how can you be governed? You, the fear, you got to fear the Lord and don't fear your circumstances. As Saul, you can see the circumstances that you're in. Number three, you got to stand firm in your faith. Here's why. Here's why. Oh, I'll real quickly, go to chapter 12, verse 22. Verse 22 says, His great name sank because it pleased the Lord to make you a people. Why? Because faithful God has been and faithful God will be. Here we go. Number four. Number four. Listen, you, you want to be governed by God? You need, I'm talking, you need somebody who's going to call a spade a spade. You need somebody that's habit of saying alls. Right, Coach Cook? Man, he's on me. I need other people in my life to say, hey, Luke, man, you're making a mistake, dude. You're messing up. For the sake of time, just write this down. If you're going to have that person, it's verse speaking truth into their life. You need that person. Number five, you've got to serve the Lord. Works don't provide my faith, they prove my faith. Works don't provide it, they prove it. And Samuel continued to serve. And then last but not least, man, consider God's blessings. Look at verse 20. For consider what great things he has done for you. Has God made you, you want something else in your life? Israel says, man, I want another king. I don't want to be governed by God. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, I pray for people who allow you to sit on the throne of our life. We would surrender to you. God, that we would be careful what we ask. You know what, Luke? There's something in my life that I need to surrender. There's something in my life that I, my life, and today I'd like to, I'd like to surrender that to the Lord. Maybe for the first time, maybe you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior to redeem you from the sin in your life and the penalty of that sin, which is death. And you go, man, today I get it. Jesus has paid that price for me. And today I want him to be the, the king of my life. 
And we want to give you that opportunity. I know it's late. But maybe some decision you need to make. Do me a favor. If there's a decision you need to make, come find me before you leave. Come talk to Pastor Steve before you leave. Lord, we love you. Thank you for Grace Baptist Church. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.